Okay. Um, and so much through the word of God, he says, I will go, go before you. I will go with you. I will go behind you as your rear guard. He went with them in the wilderness as a, a cloud by day and as a fire by night, so completely surrounding them. You know, you've got this, this picture of the father of God wanting to wrap his children up in his arms, protect them and preserve them. And the only way we can do that is by sowing to the spirit. So, you know, just to to uh, read that scripture one more time in Galatians, I just feel that's so important. So do not sow to the flesh because those who sow to the flesh in Galatians 6 will reap corruption and they will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest or those who sow to the spirit will reap everlasting life, Zoe life. They will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. And do not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time you will reap a harvest of blessings. Say that with me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I will not give up. I, will not give up. I, ask I ask you to forgive me for the times that I've sold to my flesh. I renounce every curse of corruption and decay that has come about from the times I sowed to my flesh. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to teach me to sow to my spirit, to reap everlasting life, wholeness and healing, restoration in my life, in my body, my relationships, and most of all, to never again be separated from you, but to have intimacy and fellowship with you forever. And that's the truth, you know, and, and from that comes peace. And if you go with me very quickly to Isaiah chapter 32. Isaiah 32. And verse 16. Justice will rule in the wilderness. Isaiah 32, 16. Justice will rule in the wilderness. There might be many of you that feel like you're going through a wilderness uh, season. And righteousness in the fertile field. And this righteousness will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. So, you know, righteousness, right standing with God, being right with God, brings peace. Imagine that. Praise God. Righteousness brings peace. And righteousness is what Jesus gave us. That's what he was doing at the cross. He was making an exchange for his righteousness, the fact that he never sinned. He never sinned. And so he was, he was righteous before God. And he gave us that righteousness as a free gift. And he took our sin. And while he was at it, because, you see, sin has so much to do, as we read earlier, if you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. Sin has so much to do with corruption, death, and sickness. It opened the door for death and decay and sickness. And so because of that righteousness... 
He paid the price for our healing and our, our restoration in our minds, in our bodies, in our relationships, in our finances, our work, it, the, the whole package. And that's what wholeness is. That's what wholeness is, complete peace. So righteousness brings peace. And that is why it is so important for you and me to understand righteousness. Because it's not some kind of religious term. Righteousness is who, who God is. God is holy. And he came and exchanged his holiness for our sin. So that we could be brought back into fellowship with the Father. Jesus came to lead us to the Father. That's what his mission was. His mission was to do the works of God, to be the way, the truth, and the life, to bring people back into right standing with the Father. And in doing so, he would heal those who were sick, deliver those who were uh, possessed by, by all kinds of oppression and depression. He would set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted. And so there's this wonderful exchange, and righteousness brings peace. And yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. That's everlasting. This is again, that Zoe life. And that's what's, what's there. And you, you know, um, so much of the world has no understanding or, or, or realization of this. And that's why so many people are struggling with their gender, with their identity. They're struggling. You know, they're not happy in their marriages. They're not happy with who they've been who they've been married to or whatever. They're not happy in their jobs. They're happy with nothing. They're, you know, they're constantly looking at themselves, uh, <coughs> all the things that are wrong in their lives or their bodies or their health. All these things are, you know, obsessions because they don't know who they are in Christ. They have no concept of the love of the Father and of what Jesus was doing. And, you know, many of them are very sincere people in and out of, of churches and institutions all over the world trying to, to do their best, trying to be good, trying to give money to things, trying to, to be good citizens, trying to obey the law. And yet it's all, it's all only futile if they don't know the one who came to make them right with God. And that's how, you know, that's why when somebody comes to know the truth of the gospel and comes to know the truth of what Jesus was doing for them on the cross and they receive it, uh, that they can be instantly delivered off drugs, instantly healed of, of some kind of you know, terminal disease. And people say, well, that must be God doing a miracle. Yes, God does miracles, but the miracle is through the gift of righteousness, through what Jesus did on the cross and no other, no other means. And where people are following after, you know, running uh, over to wherever they go to these, these places that are set up as shrines and all this, that, oh, you might get a miracle there if you, if you tap into the, you know, the right. Like, those things are deception, and they're under that, that seduction and deception by Satan. And there's no freedom there. Anyway, soul to the spirit. Say that, soul to the spirit. Soul to the spirit. Amen. Um, can we look at uh, Proverbs chapter 14? Proverbs 14, verse 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart 
from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain and it offers escape or another translation of that is that it plucks somebody away from. You think of some, you know, um, runaway vehicle and, and, and some child is out on the road and there's an adult there and they go and they run and they catch that child and they pluck them away from, from that destruction of being mowed down. That's what this is here. The fear of the Lord actually does that. It offers escape and plucks one away from. It avoids or abolishes the snares of death. And the snares of death there, that translates to the bait or the lure. And again, you see, you've got this seduction. That's how, this, how the devil works. Remember what I said? The devil, he operates by seduction. Seduction leads to deception. Deception leads to slavery. But Jesus operates through attracting people. You know, everywhere he went, they were attracted to him. He spoke the truth to them. The truth is his word, and that word brings freedom. And so the fear of the Lord, and it's what's missing in, in people's lives, is the fear of God. Not the fear of punishment, but the fear of God. In Psalm 15, if you pop on there. David wrote this, and there's a note on it saying, the character of those who may dwell with the Lord. It's interesting, the character. Everything in God's kingdom is about character. Because of God's character himself, God is holy. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right. Those who work righteousness. Speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or backbite or harm their neighbours with evil or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honour those who fear the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever and they will never be moved. This is like a resume of what somebody who has been changed and transformed by righteousness looks like. Because you see, we cannot enter, sin cannot enter God's presence. And so that's why the sin had to be dealt with. And that's what Jesus did at the cross. And for many of us, we have been still crusading through life, trying to make our own way and make ourselves right with God. That's called self-righteousness. And it's where you have lots of works coming from. Like I said, where people try to be really good and really nice and help people and do good. And of course, those things are good. But you see... There's a difference 
Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, who work righteousness, they speak the truth from sincere hearts. So that, you know, remember back to the devil and deception and, and seduction. Well, the truth is what operates in, in somebody uh, who's, who's under the fear of God. They speak the truth. They refuse to gossip or backbite. Uh-oh. It's, it's so quiet. <laughs> As I said, this was the Lord dealing with me. Okay? So you can all just listen and say, poor Rose. Uh, I feel so sorry for her. Uh, She's a long way to go. <laughs> oh. Those who despise flagrant sinners. Okay? Flagrant sinners are people who openly sin against God and care nothing of it. We should not be, you know, uh, tolerant of that. Now, people have a free will. We have to accept that's the way they want to live their lives, that's fine. But we don't get involved in it. You know? And honour those who fear the Lord. Keep their promises even when it hurts. That's a hard one to do. You know, I'm thinking of that scripture when Peter and John were brought before the council and they told them, if you ever again speak in that name of Jesus, we're going to kill you. And Peter says, and, and John, they looked at each other and they looked at them and they said, well... We have to decide then whether it's best for us to obey God or to obey men. But we know who we're going to obey. And it won't be you. And you know, sometimes it does hurt. Sometimes people will mock you. They'll turn from you. They'll laugh at you. They'll laugh behind your back. They'll cut you to pieces. They might hurt you. You know, but listen, that's their problem. Amen? Amen. Amen. Such people will stand firm forever and never be moved. Can you go with me to Proverbs chapter 19? That's some mighty promise, you know, that you, you will stand firm forever. It's the promise that God gave Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 when he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. But as I was with him, so I will be with you. Um, Proverbs chapter 19. 19.23 <laughs> Fear of the Lord leads to life bringing security and protection from harm. What a promise. The fear of the Lord leads to life and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil, with disaster or with calamity. How many people are struggling with fear and terror of all kinds of things? Fear of evil, fear of, of doom, fear of destruction, fear of death, fear of being harmed, fear of whatever. Imagine how many people equally are suffering from lack of satisfaction. They are not content in anything. They're not content in their work. They're not content with their wife or their husband. They're not content with their friends. They're not content with their car. They're not content with what they had for breakfast or what's there for dinner. You know, there are people like that. They're not content with anything. And it's such a, a blessing you know, to be, uh, to be content. Amen. Paul said it, and we read it a couple of weeks ago in Philippians. You know, I have learned how to be content in every situation, whether I'm abased or whether I abound, whether I'm, whether I am in lack or whether I have plenty. I've learned the secret, you know, to be content. 
Um, with contentment, uh, what's that say again? With godliness, con godliness with contentment, there is great gain. <laughs> but um, you know what a promise there that the fear of the Lord actually brings uh, satisfaction and contentment and deliverance from the fear of any kind of harm. That's why in in Psalm ninety one it says, "A thousand will fall at your will fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand." but it shall not come near you. Well, listen, for the person who, who's needing that, it's time that you stood up, stood up and made a decision. Who am I going to fear? Who am I going to follow? Am I going to follow the devil with his seduction, with his deception, with his slavery? Or am I going to fear God and follow Jesus Amen. with you, you know Jesus. him drawing himself to me leading me by his spirit <laughs> bringing me the truth and giving me freedom and thus wholeness and when we make that decision you know we can stand and proclaim God's word and listen the circumstances might not be perfect in fact they might be horrendous but as we release the word of God and the power of his dunamis, resurrection power, the power of his Holy Spirit, as we release that, release the power of the name of Yeshua, the name of Jesus over every situation, the word of God says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. It says the name of Jesus is above every name that is named. So it doesn't matter what that name is, whether it's cancer or terminal disease or, or failure or divorce or, or um, financial ruin or destruction. As we release the power of the name of Jesus, God will bring you through it and bring you out the other side. Amen. But we have to get uh, serious about two things, about the fear of God and about operating in his truth, releasing his word. And I did it myself for years. I just sat there, I read it, I knew it, uh, you know, but I did not proclaim it. I did not proclaim his word. And, uh, you know, it was out of laziness and it was out of sowing to the flesh, really, not wanting to do it. Sowing to the spirit is not easy. <laughs> you know, it's going to take, that's why Jesus said, be prepared to take <coughs> up your cross and follow me. And taking up the cross and following him is denying self. And, and instead, living for him and doing what he is telling us to do. Amen. In um, Psalm 34, we're kind of still in that same region in the Bible. Psalm 34. This Psalm. Praise the Lord. What a word from God. Psalm 34. In verse 11. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Hallelujah. So, you know, everything in the kingdom of God it's about character and it's about lifestyle. And this is why many people don't want to commit to God because it will mean, they know it, it will mean them having to change their lifestyle, to change the way they've been living their lives up to now. And that's what the cross is. 
You know, not doing things our way or the devil's way, but doing things God's way and, and his way. You know, the word of God says his ways are not burdensome, but they are burdensome to the devil. And where he has people seduced and deceived, it, it looks like a really difficult thing and something I don't want to do. Because I don't want to be, you know, like that. That's the way the enemy, you know, <coughs> grooms people to believe lies. In uh, Psalm 25, just back a few pages. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I have the New King James here for this. Can we read this together? To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sin of my youth nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me. For your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he teaches sinners in the way. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your namesake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look on my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sin. Consider my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all their troubles. Hallelujah. You know, let integrity and uprightness preserve me. You know, uh, integrity and uprightness are part of that package of righteousness. Because anybody who's who's received the gift of righteousness will always operate in integrity and uprightness. They'll do the right thing even when it hurts them. We read that earlier in Psalm 15. They'll operate in integrity. They won't give in to, you know, influence of, of what the devil or others or whatever situation is, is, is trying to lure them and bait them into. <coughs> like we read earlier, you know, um, the fear of the Lord is the fountain of life to depart from the snares or the bait or the lure of death. You see, that's what the enemy is always doing. He's trying to lure people at all times. 
to come to his side. Come over here. You know, it says uh, that, that the enemy can disguise himself as an angel of light. And that's why we need discernment. That's why we need words of knowledge. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to always lead us and guide us into the truth. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in Psalm 25, in verse 12, who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. God will teach you in the way he chooses. And he himself shall dwell in prosperity, in prosperity or in goodness. And his descendants shall inherit the earth. You see, the devil is always interested in your seed and so is God. And with every promise of God, it always passes on down the generations. Similarly, with every curse, that passes on down the generations as well. And many of us have grown up and been living under curse, passed down by the previous generations, by their sin and by their ignorance of the word of God. And that's not judging anyone's mom or dad or grandpa or granda. You know, we love them. And, and, uh, but, you know, back along the generations, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have sinned and our children and our descendants would be having to deal with the issues that we have been involved with if we do not repent for them because it'll keep going on. It's a cycle. Everything in life is a cycle. And you know, the, the biblical principle that God's kingdom is based upon is seed time and harvest. And like we read at the very beginning in Galatians 6, sow to the spirit and you will reap eternal life. Do not sow to the flesh because you are only going to reap destruction and decay and corruption. And so, you know, um, God wants to bless your descendants. Your descendants shall inherit the earth for the person who fears the Lord. What a promise. You know, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. That word secret there it's, um, it translates to me um, a circle or a family or a friend or in close deliberation. You, you've got this picture of like, you know, uh, say on All-Ireland Sunday and, and the football team is out on the pitch and then the, the manager just has a great brainwave about some other tactic he wants to tell, you know, uh, Paddy or, or Johnny over there and he calls him and he brings him over and he whispers into his ear and you've got this, this kind of closeness in close deliberation. And, and this is what the Lord, uh, you know, he wants for, for you. Um, and he wants us to live in that place. That's the secret place under the shadow of his wings. It's not some kind of phantom picture of like a wing and, and somebody under there. It's, it's, it's a family circle. It's the intimacy with God. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will show them his covenant and that word show there, again, is, is a kind of an intimate word. It's, he will make himself known to them and his covenant. Uh, he will pledge to them an alliance. Uh, it's, it's another word for marriage and friendship. That word is show them his covenant. So that you've got this picture that, you know, there's, there's this revealing of secret things that nobody else knows. 
Just like in a marriage, my husband and myself, we know things about each other, uh, you know, that nobody else knows. Not even my family, not even my siblings, my parents, uh, not even his. You know, because we, we know each other so well. And it's, that's the relationship God wants to have with each one of us. That's why Paul said, you know, there's a mystery. There's a mystery attached to the gospel. And the mystery is, is reflected in the mystery of marriage. It's this intimacy, this communion. And that is why I am telling you, you need to work on your marriage. If you're married, you need to work on your marriage. You need to put, uh, you know, don't let the enemy, you know, because remember, the devil, seduction. Seduction is the first thing. Deception comes from that. And there's so many, you know, he, 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 this is why we have all this, this gender and, and all this thing going on is because marriage and the family is the glue that holds the whole of society together. It's why we have such uh, dysfunction in society is because so many people are growing up in homes where there's dysfunction in the marriage or there's, there's no father or, 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 you know, whatever, or the father or the mother has been, you know, in some way cruel or, or hurtful uh, to the children and, and some kind of damage or perhaps that there's been some kind of destruction where, where the, the parents have been taken from, you know, some kind of tragedy or something. And so I'm telling you, in order to understand the kingdom of God, you need to really put in time into your relationship with, with God and, and with your spouse. And, and if that's any bit of advice for anybody, I'm telling you, follow it. But anyway, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. And um, praise God. In uh, Psalm 86... In Psalm 86, I think I read this every day, several times a day, <laughs> not as some great, you know, uh, Holy Joe or anything like that, but as, because this is my cry to the Lord. Um, but anyway, I just want to look at verse 11. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. With all of my heart, I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give glory to your name forever, for your love for me is very great. Will you say that, Lord, Father God, your love for me is very great. Please help me to understand and to receive from you your very great love. In Jesus' name, amen. So teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. You see, that really is the life of, of uh, someone who's, who's a follower of Jesus or believer of Jesus. That we live according to his truth. Live according to his word. And are you there yet? No. <laughs> You're not. And none of us are. We're all on a journey and we're all only learning. And this is not an exercise in condemnation or in, in, in personal whipping, you know, here. And, and many people do this to themselves. I've done it myself multiple times, beaten myself up. Oh, gee, look what I did. I'm such a, oh, you know, whatever. That's, that's going to get you nowhere. <laughs> and the thing is, is the word of God says that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. 
And, and the Lord has really been using this Psalm 86 to minister to me for weeks now as I've been, as I've been studying this as well, you know, about the fear of the Lord. It's what's missing in our, in our nation. It's what's missing right across the world. There is no fear of God. And that's why they've turned their backs on him because they think they can live without him, that they don't need him. And in actual fact, that he's a pain in the ass. And so they've decided to get rid of it. And, and oh, this is why then the floodgates have been opened to Satan, to seduction, to deception, and to slavery. Because they have shut the door to Jesus and to the truth and to, uh, you know, a freedom. And they don't realize it. They think they're free over here and they're totally chained and bound. And, you know, we read it there earlier. Help me to operate in mercy. Uh, because the foundation of, of, of God's kingdom is mercy and love. We read it there. I can't remember which one it was now. Uh, you know, help me to operate in mercy and love. And I'll tell you, that mercy that we need to operate in is not just towards other people. You need to operate in mercy towards yourself as well. Because that religious spirit will rise up and have you beating yourself up and trying to be better and trying to be a better... You know, I'm going to start tomorrow now. Like the, you know, like the diets. And tomorrow now, right, I'm just going to have one great day today. <laughs> I'm going to eat everything that I want. And then tomorrow morning, I'm going to start. I'm going to have just water. And then I'm going to have my lunch just green leaves and then for my dinner and you know we make a decision and we do that with the kingdom of God as well we say I've been a very very bad boy I've been a very very bad girl and now I'm going to do better and you can't you you, you don't do that you sow to the spirit and, and and the Holy Spirit living inside of you allow him to minister to you and and how he does that is through the word of God let's have a look at Romans chapter 12 thank you for being so patient we're nearly there and we're just going to break bread to finish. Oh, where's Romans? <laughs> Say, turn around to somebody and tell them I'm not there yet. I'm not there. But I'm on the way. <laughs> and the reason you're on the way is because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't ever forget that. This is where your identity has to come from. You are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You have already been made righteous. It's just that you, you're, you know, what we're doing is we're being transformed in our soul and in our body. Our spirit is already totally right with God. And this is why you have to release and leave behind that religious spirit. Because it will tell you you're not right with God and you better make yourself right in some way. And do something horrible to yourself or, or pay a lot of money in order to make God, you know, clock up a few stars on your chart up there. Because it looks really bad in comparison to Rose's chart or to somebody else's chart. This is the devil lying into your ears, you know. And that's how he operates. But anyway, in, in, in Romans 12... And no one here, believe me, needs to learn this more than me. I'm telling you now. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God, your, your lives to God, because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. And you see, this is the seduction. This is how Satan operates. He seduces people. Everyone is doing it. What will everyone think of me? That's a big one. 
You know, the fear of men. What will they think of me? That's copying the customs of the world. I was just thinking about it there the other day. I was out for a walk last week and I was just thinking about it. I remember years ago there was a saying, you know, God, we're noted. <coughs> and what that meant basically was that we were shamed because of what happened. You, you'd be noted. You know, like as in that somebody somewhere has a notebook and has actually made a note of that about you and about your family. <laughs> so that's be copying the behaviors and the customs of the world and allowing the world or people, unsaved people, to dictate to you who you are. You know? So don't copy the behavior. Turn around again and tell them this. Don't point your finger now, but tell them, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Yes, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Praise the Lord. You know, there's all these uh, different programs you can go on to transform your body, transform your wardrobe, transform, you know, your mental health or whatever. But the thing is, is the greatest transformer of all is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And Jesus is the Word of God. So when you're allowing the Word of God to minister to you, studying it and, and writing out what the Lord is speaking to you, uh, what you're doing is you're being transformed. And what you might have found to be acceptable, you know, last week or 12 months ago, yeah. suddenly you're convicted. You're saying, that's not acceptable. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking like that and I, and I need to... And, you know, okay, you can try tomorrow and say, I'm going to change and I'm going to be different. And then tomorrow night you, you mess up again and, oh, no, you know. But the thing is, is that it's, it's a lifestyle of transformation. And they say it takes, you know, 21 days to make a habit... Personally, I think it takes longer, but anyway, if you, I suppose if you're a very diligent and, and, and disciplined person, you can do that. But the thing is, is that, you know, you have to give yourself grace and you have to give other people grace as well for where they are. You know, they're, they're possibly ignorant of God's word. They possibly don't know that God loves them. They, you know, you have to show them mercy, but be careful. Don't come in under the seduction. Don't get, get caught up in their, you know, swirling vortex uh, that's going on uh, because if you if you step into that you're stepping out from from the covering of, of heaven so praise God you know um, in in Psalm 86 actually I forgot to say that uh, in one of the translations it said unite my heart to fear your name to become one and see that's what you know again I'll say it you know that marriage is a reflection of the relationship between us and the father uh, that's why Jesus said, I, I pray, uh, God, that you would make them one as you and me are one. And uh, that oneness, that singleness of heart, that one accord, that's where the power is. And that's where the breakthrough is and the healing and the restoration and the deliverance. And, it, it, you know, it's every one of us has to get that for ourselves. It's me and God. It's you and God. I can't do it for you and you can't do it for your children. They have to get it for themselves. So the greatest thing that we can pray for people is that, that they would have an encounter with, with uh, God, that, that their hearts would be turned to him, Amen. you know, that they would know him, that they would know him intimately, that they would hear his voice calling their name. 
Remember when Mary came to the tomb and, and in Luke 24 and, and she didn't recognize Jesus and she thought he was the gardener and she said, where did you lay him? Just tell me where you put, where you put my savior, where you put my Lord. And she was, you know, shrouded in grief so much so that she didn't even recognize him standing there. She didn't recognize him until he called her name. And all he had to say was Mary. And instantly her eyes were opened. So, praise God. Let's break bread. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe we could read it together um, to start Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You know that? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's that Zoe, everlasting life. That is uh, eternal security. Eternal security. And while you're on this earth, all this other, you know, the rest of it, the Lord is my shepherd. You think of that shepherd. He, he gives his life for the sheep, Jesus said. He'll do anything he has, he can to protect those sheep. He also has a very intimate relationship with the sheep because it's just him and the sheep in those times out there on the, on the mountainside. He had to be out there with them because in that place they had ravenous wolves and they had all kinds of bears and lions. J David himself said it. You know, often a lion came or a, or a bear and tried to attack my sheep. And so I had to defend my sheep against this, this uh, predator. And so you've got this picture of Jesus and you, you just read it there. Um, uh, I will fear no evil, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the de of death, or even I think it says the darkest valley in another in another translation. And you know, so people think that this is a death psalm. This is not a death psalm. This is a life psalm. And uh, you know, walking through the valley of the shadow of death is not about somebody passing and 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 dying. Uh, it's about how so many times in life you've gone through really dark <coughs> situations. You've gone through really dark seasons. And, and there's been hurt and grief and all kinds of trauma, post-traumatic stress, uh, wounding uh, that, has been, that has left a mark on you. And, but he says here, I will fear no evil because you are with me. My shepherd is with me. And that's something we need to understand, is that God is with you. You're never so far gone, so far down the line, so far in a hopeless state that God will not rescue you or that his power cannot intervene and turn the whole situation around. Amen. Think of Joseph. How much darker could things have got? 
but for Joseph. 13 years he was inside in prison, charged with something that he did not do, totally unfairly, tied up because of something he did not do. But God was with him and God's hand was on him and delivered him out of it. And, you know, like Pastor Joe used to always say, circumstances are subject to change. And just because something is this way today does not mean that that's the way it's going to be tomorrow. And how many of us, excuse me, how many of us standing here can look back in our lives even a year ago, even five years ago, even 20 or 40 years ago and, and see something, some difficult season that we were walking through and now it's totally different. You know, praise God. God is faithful. His word is true. There's nothing impossible to him. And what he's trying to do is in this relationship, in this intimacy, is get you uh, to a place where you and he are one. Where there's oneness and intimacy. Uh, and, and this is why it says there in verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, there's some of you and many people and, and all of us at some point in life where the Lord has got to make you stop. He's got to make you just stop and, and come away and take some time with Him where He wants you to rest because you cannot keep giving out, giving out, giving out, and giving out without taking something in. And that's why I really encourage you, if you have a chance every day, to, to you know, spend some time with the Lord. Get a notebook. Because with a notebook, you're accountable. <laughs> and it's amazing when you start writing, gee, you wouldn't even stop. Some days you'd be saying, I have other things to do. But you know, the Lord wants to speak to you all the time. And he wants to bring correction and, and healing and, and he wants to bring transformation. He doesn't want you to be living the same way, you know, uh, as what it's always been. He wants you to be transformed. And how he does that is through the power of his spirit in his word. And uh, that's why we need to sow to the spirit. Sow your seed, sow your time to the Lord. And you will reap wholeness, healing, and everlasting life. Amen. And there in verse 3, he restores my soul by leading you by the still waters in the places where there's stillness and quietness, in the place where you give him time. Look, it might only be, you might be the busiest person in the whole world. It might only be five minutes or ten minutes. It might just be when you're in the car on your own that you relax. It might be when you're in the shower that you relax. You know, water relaxes people. And, and just to start pouring out your heart to the Lord and allow him to pour into you and listen to what he's saying. And he will restore your soul. Your soul is your emotions, your mind and your, your will and your character, your nature, your personality. Oh, that inner, inner nefesh, the soul. And God wants to bring restoration because he does not want you to be the same. He wants you to be transformed into his image so that you can live on this life as an overcomer and as a victor and as one who has success and prosperity in every area. Prosperity means complete peace. And that's what he did. That's why he went to the cross. So let's take the bread. Let's say this together. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I decree and declare, I decree and declare that you are my Savior, you are my Savior and, my Lord, and my Lord. 
And I love you, Lord. And I love you, Lord. And I thank you that you gave your life. You gave your body. You gave your body. To be broken. To be broken. So that I could be healed. So that I could be healed. And I eat this bread today. In remembrance. Of what you did for me at the cross. You were beaten. So that I could be healed. Your body was mutilated. Your peace was taken. You were all alone. You were rejected. You were mocked. You were hopeless and helpless. He was, you know, as a man he was. He was in a totally hopeless situation. But yet, Lord Jesus, you pressed through for the joy that was on the other side. So I eat this bread today in remembrance of your body that was given for me so that I could be healed and restored in my body, in my soul, in my mind, in my relationships, in my finances and my work. And my work. And, my and I eat it in celebration, eat it in celebration of, the of the victory that you won for me. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. You can take the bread. I take the cup. Stretch up your drink. Lord Jesus, this juice reminds me of your blood that was shed for me for the forgiveness of my sins. You took my sin and you gave me your right standing with God. You made me righteous. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness. In Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, and I take the cup, take the cup in remembrance, in remembrance of your sacrifice. Of your sacrifice. You laid down your life, you laid down your life because you are my good shepherd. You are my good shepherd, and you paid the price. And you paid the price to ransom me, ransom me from sin and death, from sin and death, and separation from God, separation from God. And you redeemed me. And you redeemed me. And I give you my life. And I give you my life. And I ask you. And I ask you to turn around. To turn around every situation. Every situation. And bring good from what has been evil. And bring good from what has been evil. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. And that's what he did, you know, uh, with Joseph. Joseph said, "You intended it for evil, but God." brought good out of it he brought he intended it for good and so lord we take this cup today and we say it together i proclaim i proclaim the victory of jesus christ, of jesus christ on the cross, on the cross his, death and his, his death and his resurrection until you come again, until jesus. You come again jesus amen, amen. amen. lord jesus